Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Sound Stories, an inspirational podcast for creative professionals and storytellers who want to improve their lives at home and at work. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli, your host and co-founder of Voices.com. Perhaps one of the biggest challenges facing corporate storytellers today is how to tell a consistent narrative without telling the same tale over and over again. For brands, this can be a particularly daunting challenge. This is because, in an effort to stay on message and showcase consistency, many brands inadvertently close a door on creativity and new stories. If this sounds like your struggle, stay tuned. Joining us today is Micah Barrow, creative producer at Allison & Partners. As a passionate producer, Micah has a honed storytelling skill, especially when it comes to live action video and animation. Micah regularly helps his clients take a critical look at what they're hoping to achieve with their project and then helps them break new ground on a creative path to success. Welcome, Micah. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. Definitely. So to get going here, Micah, I was just wondering, um, I know that you help your clients get to the next level with their storytelling. So can you walk us through the production process and where do those first ideas come from? Sure. Well, Ideally, with us, um, ideally, we always want to start with a creative brief. And the reason being why is um, this is where we really see where the message um, and goals uh, for the client start to materialize. And this is where we really have them define their audience. And I think those are kind of two of the most important points that we have to make. What's your message and who's your audience? also, using a brief, uh, it makes the client formulate their thoughts into something that's actually cohesive and concrete. Um, and what I mean by that, it's in their own words and it's in writing. So then uh, we, and by we, I usually mean uh, me and a creative director and one of the uh, client account leads, we take their answers, their answers to the brief. Then we brainstorm really what's the best way to tell this story and actually have it resonate with the audience that's listed. Uh, also, a lot of times, two clients come with baked ideas, and they really just want us to execute um, and maybe just fill the gaps. So it really comes from either direction. But ideally, like I said, we always wanted to start with the brief because I think that discovery process is truly important in helping take ideas to the next level. Okay. So now, how does your team take that seed of an idea and find the right path for the brand to achieve their objective? Uh, the first thing we want to ask, too, again, is who is your audience? Really, that's kind of not your first question. You're uh, almost starting off on the wrong foot. And I mean, um, who are you making this for, really? And then how do you want them to feel? Uh, what's the emotion you're trying to draw out and associate your company um, product or brand with? Um, and then once you kind of define that, your tone um, and dynamic tends to really follow that. And then if you always use that question as your compass, who's, who's the audience, how do we want them to feel, um, throughout all of production, you can never really be um, too far off target. Um, and then after defining your audience and how we want them to feel, um, again, you define your message. And when you define your message, it comes down to, can you distill it into a single sentence? Um, I think if you can't, then you don't really understand it well enough. Um, And once that message is there, then we can think of style, narrative, script, boards, um, uh, you know, everything else that needs to happen to tell this story. But again, um, defining your audience, how do you want them to feel, and really distilling your message to as succinct and concise as possible. After we get the brief done, we typically like to have this um, interview with the client to have them 
in their own words, describe how they wrote the brief and why they chose the answers that they did and things like that. Because those are when the small kind of like minutiae and details tend to show themselves past in what's written on the page. And a lot of times that's kind of where you get this underlying story coming out. Could you walk us through an example of some work you've done uh, so that we can understand just what that looks like in a practical sense? Well, sure. Before I was even at my current job here, when I was working as a, a freelance producer and with another studio, uh, we worked with a really well-known university in our area that was building a brand new hospital. So everything in this, in this hospital was brand new technology. Um, it was cutting edge. Everything was based on science. Um, and they wanted the studio I was with to tell the story of this hospital and everything that was great about it. So we had to fill out a brief, and then they invited us to a site walk. And while it was still under construction, and we learned about um, on the site walk about how big of a role art, gardens, open space architecture would play in this healing environment they were building. So uh, when you think about hospitals, typically you think of them as sterile. Um, so I guess literally a good thing, figuratively a bad thing. Um, and when you think about the art on the walls in hospitals, it looks like it's ordered, you know, from a catalog and everything is fluorescent and everything's kind of dreary. So we were actually surprised to figure, find out that they allocated a large part of their budget. And it was something that they thought about from the beginning of creating a hospital that was open, that had a lot of natural light. And we kind of asked them why, and they said, well, there's all this solid research that said the environment that you stay in has a direct impact on patient comfort, like how much pain patients reported and even would affect the length of a hospital stay. So they commissioned artists to kind of make pieces specifically for this hospital. And I mean, when they commissioned artists, they, they did it the right way. So they, for example, like they toured the artists around the hospital. Um, they let them choose their canvas and medium and where they wanted their sculpture installation to go. So when you think about this, they're implementing these beautiful art installations you can kind of just stumble upon, natural light, open air gardens, all in an effort really to make um, the uh, patient feel more like they were walking as like they described it through a museum than a hospital. And all of this was an effort to aid with the healing process. And we were doing the site walk with our creative director. Um, his name is Daryl Kirchner. And that was the story we kind of looked at each other and were like, this is what we want to tell. Not the story of technology, um, which is kind of what they originally listed in their brief, like, oh, we're cutting edge, this is the best hospital, and these are the reasons why, but of art and humanity. And it's funny to me that I kind of say that now because I put so much, you know, I put so much importance on the brief, but what was really important was us getting out there and talking to the client and really kind of figuring out what the story was. So, and part of that came from everybody already knew um, because of this hospital's reputation that this was going to be a leader in research and sciences and technology, but this was the hidden story that we kind of figured out had legs and we could know that would create this like deeper attachment with the audience and also something that was like a truly unique value proposition that was really in service to the patient. Like the hospital is not going to make money from, you know, uh, charging people to come in and view their art. This thing was a hospital. This was free. And so this is like one of the things that we thought was this is the right story to tell. So this was the unknown story. This was the hidden story. And we really, really thought that, you know, this was the best story that they could possibly tell. 
Wow. I love everything you said about how you walked into this hospital and you thought, well, they want to tell a story about tech. You know, it's what they're known for. Uh, they probably want to talk about their latest and greatest pieces of machinery and, and, uh, and tools that the doctors are using. But ultimately, like when you walked in, it just it hit you right in the face. It's like, this is a place of beauty, a place of healing. And it's that underlying kind of that hidden story that you're talking about. And for so many of our companies and brands out there, you know, it can be really easy to always default to the story we've always told, you know, the one that's on our boilerplate, that sort of thing. So when you're walking in with a set of fresh eyes, it's probably a bit easier for you to see those stories. But how can we as brands be able to look through new eyes at a story that we've told so many different times. How do we find the hidden story? Well, you know, it's hardest to see the picture when you're in the frame, right? So that's something that we always kind of like to say, and it really just comes with time. So for example, you just kind of like walk around your job or your own office, for example, and you'll have small things that will resonate with you. Like you'll notice some work that you recently did, or you offer something that you didn't know you previously offered. Maybe it's a benefit or like something like that, that the company offers that you didn't know. And it just resonates with you. You're like, oh, that's cool. Um, but you should take inventory of those things, those things that make you stop for a little while and say, oh, that's neat. Because I guarantee you, if you think that's neat, there's hundreds of people out there that also think that's neat. So learn to realize when you actually have those moments. And I think that's how you can train yourself to start looking for stuff that's usually hidden really in plain view. So once you kind of just learn to be aware, kind of be present, understand what you're thinking, pay attention to your thoughts, I, I think that's how you can kind of build that is the, where's the story and this is what I need to talk about. Um, and like, for example, the, that technological story, I think it's important to point out that it was not easy for us to come up and, and say to the client, hey, this is um, the story you should be telling because um, this is the right story. Um, but it came from a genuine place and something that we were inspired by and passionate with. And I think when the client sees that, um, and again, you have this relationship with the client, you have equity with them, um, you have trust, and I think building that equity and trust is, is important to being able to make these suggestions. That's an excellent point. I mean, you, you mentioned relationship and that people that you're working with, you build this up over time, uh, just thinking like you approached them and you must have had a certain way you packaged the whole, well, you have this vision, but guess what? We see something else. How is it that you proposed it to them? Did you kind of just like present to them, have you ever thought of this? Or, you know what we'd noticed as soon as we walked in? Oh my goodness. Like, How did you put it to them so that they were more receptive to a change in direction? It was really in the moment. Um, and one thing that we kind of do is if you want to have buy-in for an idea, a lot of times the best way to do it is to have them invested in the decision themselves. So we kind of thought with them, and they almost gave us kind of like a dory. They were kind of talking to us about how all this art was great and how they wanted to, to be, you know, a part in the film. And then we're like, no, it should be actually the entire film. It should just only be about this. So that was the whole kind of uh, genesis of it starting is we, again, kind of just took this idea that, you know, we had – um, and applied it to a thought that they had. Um, and as long as we can make that connection, they're instantly sold off on the idea because they have 
um, they have equity in it. It's, it's part of something that they were already thinking about. And if you can at least articulate that and bring it up in the moment and just be passionate about it, that works. So once we had that foundation laid, we said, hey, this is great. This is what we kind of want to talk about. We're going to sit down, kind of write out how we want this to transpire on screen. And we gave them just like a quick paragraph write up about how this is going to, you know, the story arc and the narrative is going to go. And they signed off on that. And then we kind of figured out these are the people we want to talk to and then created the piece. So that was really the, the, the way that we were able to do it was, again, being passionate about the idea, bringing it up in the moment, getting the initial sign off, then coming back with something a little bit more baked. And it always works out better when you're you're focusing on the customer, right? And when the hospital decided to focus on just the experience and the overall kind of sensory, um, the art, the beauty, everything like that, that helps people to heal faster, shortens their hospital stay, creates more of a sense of wonder, then that's really what those future patients want to see, isn't it? It's that they want to know that they're going to be taken care of, that it's a place where they feel comfortable. And it's really all about them and not about the technology, not about the sterile environment or all of the money that went into to making this a great place. It really is. And, and you mentioned, you know, the audience who was, in this case, the patient. And the patient expects when they go to a hospital that they're there to get the best treatment possible. So, that's an old story to them. That's something that they've heard. What you just said was the new story, the untold story. And as storytellers, we want to tell these new stories because that's what people want to hear. Nobody wants to be told the same thing over and over again. So that's why we thought it was so important to focus on this was because this was the untold story, a story that was unique to them. I can't think of any other one that I've ever been to that looks close as in terms of being as beautiful in space and filled with natural light and inviting and warm as this hospital does. Well, it's the humanity, right? Like they've hit the nail on the head. I imagine that got them more customers, more patients coming into their hospital too. So um, just to kind of pivot a bit, do you think this approach can be applied to stories in other mediums as well? Like, for instance, I know your team works on animation projects too. So do you have an example from that line of work? Uh, yeah, well, I, I think, so I love animation and I think one of the greatest things about animation is that you can tell stories um, that would be really difficult to tell um, using live action. Um, like with animation, you really have a blank canvas. Um, the art styles are infinite and you can use metaphors, transitions, you know, timing of actions can be different. For example, um, you know, you can show a character moving across the screen in half a second in a highly stylized animation frame and it would look epic. And you try to do that in live action and the person looks like they're just speed walking through the frame and it, it just might look really corny. So th those I think that's why animation is so great of a medium is again, you can tell these stories that would be um, really difficult to visually tell in live action. So what we had, um, for example, for this was we had a client that supplied tuition insurance. And our creative director for animation at the time, his name is Fabian Molina, knew that animation was the route to take to tell this story. And he came up with this beautiful um, watercolor animation style. And we knew that was the right style almost instantly because insurance is really preparing you for the worst. So using a soft art style was our way to tell this like tale of disaster without being so blunt. Um, we got to use metaphors like lightning and rain clouds instead of speaking directly about mental illness. Um, that was one example. And so 
I think what was really important with that is we were really able to keep the heart and the seriousness of the message, um, but still soften the blow a little bit. Um, and I think, again, that's one of like the benefits of the animation, again, is telling the story in a way that um, you wouldn't be able to tell in live action. Um, and there, it was funny because there was also a little bit of serendipity involved since the client told us that after we showed her the art style and the style frame, she was like, wow, um, I'm a hobby watercolor painter. So she instantly fell in love with the art style that we came up with. So I'm sure that helped us a little bit. Well, that's wonderful. Do you have any other advice for storytellers out there who want to improve? Uh, yeah, so there, there's this unspoken truth that I think people should should know. Um, it's I think it's really apparent, but again, it's kind of like this unspoken truth, and it's that your audience really doesn't care about what you're trying to sell. So they really only care about themselves, and if what you're talking about is just a benefit for me. So good content really is about creating interesting information that your customers can actually value and it helps them. So they actually pay attention. So I think that's really important It's the kind of working from that standpoint that regardless of what you do, you're not really going to be relevant to the client unless you're making something that's interesting specifically to them. So again, defining your audience and your message so that you can formulate it in a way that will actually get them to pay attention. And if you really want to improve, a previous mentor told me to sharpen the saw. Um, and what he meant by that is essentially keep on working to improve your skill set. And he's like, you use your tools every day, whether that's, you know, your thinking mind or your typing emails or whatever that is. Um, and to make sure that you stay, you know, at the top of your chosen field, you need to sharpen those tools that you use every day. Sharpening the saw, I really like that. What are the sort of things that you do that help you to keep that saw sharp? Totally. Um, so one thing I always like to do is I like to read. Um, and reading, um, whatever form it may be, I think that's a really important thing to do. I mean, the you know books are a great resource. The Internet is a great resource. And what I'm reading is always about you know my chosen field, about different publications that are related to the type of work that we're doing. Um, so I like to do that. I also view kind of um, new videos as in terms of advertising and commercials to see what really resonates with me and to also kind of spot trends. Also, the other thing I like to do is just talk to people about what is really inspiring them. So for example, if I wanted to talk to, I guess, millennials in my office, good thing is working in the type of company that are, there's a bunch of them and they all like to think that they're super hip. So I get to talk to them and see what inspires them and see what they're looking at because I don't think if it was for that, you know, I might be left behind and out of the dark and, you know, not on top of what is the current meme or something along those lines. So I think that's really important to, again, read from established sources that, you know, have really made a name for itself and have like proven success. I think that's really important. And then again, talking to the people that you're trying to communicate with through whatever medium that you're going. So you're never too far off from them. So I think those two are the most important things. I was going to say you're in a really hip city too in San Francisco. So there's no doubt all kinds of creative people and events and, and different literature for you to come across too. So I, I'm glad that you mentioned just the various ways that you're finding tools to to become inspired by. But if there was a blog or maybe some a magazine that you regularly read or a book that you're reading now, um, what would that be? And would it inspire us too? 
Um, yeah, so a book that I've read that I really actually like is Epic Content Marketing by Joe Polizzi. I think that's like a really great book. Um, also, um, the uh, another blog is um, it's called uh, Seth's, Seth's blog. It's Seth Godin. Um, he has a really great blog. And then Adweek, um, that's another one that I, I really look at. So those are kind of like bookmark, and those are ones that I read um, as in terms of blogs. Um, I think Adweek is a great publication. Um, but as in terms of a book to read, I think uh, Epic Content Marketing by Joe Polizzi. I think that's a really good place to kind of start and build your foundations from. That's awesome. And Seth's blog is really great. I believe it's just one or two sentences on each post, and it just gives you a little bit to, to go and, and to be inspired by. So for those of us who don't like to read an awful lot, definitely check out Seth's blog too. Well, thank you so much, Micah. Is there anything that you'd like to say that I haven't asked you about yet? The one thing I do want to say is that um, find a personal project that's kind of within your chosen field and choose to pursue that. Um, for example, like um, one thing that I do to try to keep my saw sharp is, um, again, past reading is uh, I just like to go out and take photos. And I don't really publish them anywhere um, other than kind of like social media. But that's important to me to make sure that I'm kind of keeping up with my visual aesthetic and making sure that I'm not falling too far behind. And it's a way for you to kind of just also keep your skills up there and find something that you enjoy about your work and kind of do that on your own. And I think that's really important to have a hobby or a passion outside of your chosen field that keeps you interested in what you're doing. So I'd say if there was one thing to say, that would be another piece of advice. Fantastic. So if we want to learn more about you, Micah, and what you do, and certainly about Allison and Partners, where can we go and do that? So check out allisonpr.com. Um, that is the website for the company that I work for. Um, and you can see kind of case studies, our capabilities, um, all the stuff that we've done before, the brands we've worked with. And then also, if you wanted to check me out on Instagram, you can check out my Instagram portfolio at micah.gif, and that's M-I-C-A-H dot G-I-F. Thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't already done so, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, as well as give us a rating love hearing from you and gathering your feedback. Once again, I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli, and I hope you can join us for our next Sound Stories podcast.